Praise God. Amen. It's good to feel the love in the house. Praise God. Welcome to all our guests that are with us this morning. Um, We don't call you visitors. We call you a guest. Amen. Because we just love you and thank you so much for coming. And I know you're going to have a great time uh, in the presence of the Lord. And you've already been having a wonderful time. How many enjoy that worship time? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So um, I have a word for you today. Um, As a pastor, one of the things that um, we do is spend as much time as possible on our face before the Lord to get a word because only God, only God has the ability to know exactly where every single one of you are. And I can share a word, and he can just bring it right to where you live. Right to where you live. And any time you gather together and you come together, I never want you to think or to conclude that this was a waste of your time. That I believe that God is speaking. I believe God has spoken. And I believe that God wants us to know exactly what he's doing in the earth. That God doesn't want you to miss any assignment that he has for you. Amen. And so I think it's important then that we tune our ears to what the Spirit of God is saying. And so as I was sitting there and I was involved in worship, he literally just changed the entire message as I'm sitting there. And uh, so because I want to fulfill your notes, let me give you the seven things of your notes and then I'll get out of the way and let God do what he, what he wants to do. Is that, is that okay? I don't want some personnel like, you gave me the note, but you didn't follow the note. So let me, not get anybody mad at me. Let me give you the notes, and then um, I will share with you the word of the Lord. Um, in your, in your, your, um, your notes, uh, we're going to be looking at what we call the seven ways to dominate your day. And before I pray, I want to let you know something. That this is not some self-help, um, seven steps to a better life message I'm preaching. Um, We've tried those. Those don't work. They, they don't work. They don't work. Um, people made New Year's resolution, and we're now into February, and some of those are already out the window, literally out the window. You know what I mean? Um, but I believe that God has an assignment for you, and so um, it's important that we look at these seven uh, things. First, I'd call them the seven steps to dominate your day. And then I was speaking at a high school, a middle school. I was doing FCA at the middle school. And I asked the students, I said, do you think it should be seven ways or seven steps? And they all said seven ways. Seven ways. And I'm like, okay, let the child lead you. Amen. So I changed the, the book uh, title to Seven Ways to Dominate Your Day. And a couple of things I want to share with you. Uh, so let's pray. And then what I'm going to get you, what God has for you. So I'm going to talk about the seven ways to dominate you. I'm going to give you the answer. But then God wanted me to share a message which you call fill in the gap. Fill in the gap. That there's a gap between the will of man and the will of God. And as long as there's space there, we give the enemy room to mess us up. As a nation, if we don't know the will of God, then as man, we can't follow into what we're supposed to be doing. And so it's important that we fill in the gap. We fill in the gap. There's a great divide in God's heart. I believe, is weeping as he's looking and says, why have we not filled in the gap? 
I believe he said to the prophet, is there a man, is there a woman who will stand in the gap and be a voice to this nation, to our families, to our friends of what, God, what God's will is for our lives? So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for today. I sense your presence. Your people have come, and they are hungry for a word from you, Lord. And we give you the praise and the glory for not only a rhema word, but a relevant word to exactly where we are. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many are ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Praise God. Okay, so the seven ways then to dominate your day. And I said, I didn't say dominate other people. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say we're supposed to dominate people. We're supposed to love people. We're supposed to honor people. We're supposed to encourage people. But we should never dominate somebody else. That's called a spirit of control. And that is demonic. Okay? should never do that. And so whether you're passive or whether you're aggressive, there is a form of control that you can have. And it doesn't help any relationships whatsoever. A controlling boss will create a culture of, 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 of just division. Uh, if, if you're controlling in your marriage, if you're controlling in your business... Anything like that, it is, it is man's attempt to try to control his environment because it's based in fear. It's based in fear, okay? So the number one thing we have to do as a church is we have to understand that God is the boss. That he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forevermore. Now, do we believe that? Do we believe God's the same God yesterday, Jesus is the same today, and he's the same tomorrow? So automatically now, he's removed worry out of us so we don't have to be in control anymore. So if he's the same yesterday, if he's the same today, and he's the same tomorrow, automatically that gives us then the confidence to say, God, you're in control, then I'm not in control. And I know that's scary at times because we have to then trust God. We have to trust God. And one of the great illustrations that I've seen is that when you came in here this morning uh, for a time of worship, you just sat in the chair. Nobody checked the chair to see if the chair was even secure. You just sat there. But see, you still have your legs, right, that are down. So in case something happens, you're still, you know what I mean, able to support yourself. Trusting God means you take your legs up. And you are totally being supported by the chair. And so as we, as we dominate our day, what God wants us to understand is that he designed the day for you to dominate. He designed the day. In Psalms, it says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will do what? I will rejoice, right? So he deals with the attitude automatically. He says, this is the day that I have made. So I'm going to, so so, excuse me, this is the day the Lord has made. So I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Now, we have to be careful when I talk about filling the gap that we don't prescribe things to God because we made that statement, this, this is the Lord has made. So all the evil, well, God must have made it, so therefore I'm just going to take it. No, the devil is a liar. We have to understand. So the first thing then to dominate your day, you have to acknowledge God. That's the first thing. You have to acknowledge God. The Bible says only the fool has said there is no God. Just look around you. Just look at creation. It displays the glory of God. So the first thing is we must acknowledge God. The second thing we have to do then, this is in the order, it has to be. The second thing is Bible reading. Be for Bible reading. We have to read the Bible. The word of God says, as Paul was talking to his young protege, Timothy, and he said, Timothy, from a child you knew the scriptures. Now, isn't it interesting 
that nowadays we can't even say that. Because we have children in America where Bibles are all over the place who would say, I never even heard the gospel message. That the Apostle Paul was able to say because of your mother and because of your father and his mother was a Jew and his father was, was a Gentile and so we don't read anything about him so perhaps he may have died and so here we can say it was a single mother trying to raise the son but one of the things she did right was she made sure he was taught the scripture. And we don't want to be like the generation, excuse me, that said they didn't know God nor the works of God. In the time of Joshua, said a generation rose up who didn't know God nor the works that he did. And so if we want to fill in the gap, we cannot have a generation who doesn't know God. Do you know how powerful just one scripture is? That in some nations, all they have is just one page of the book of John. And they pass that scripture around because in those countries, if you're, fought, if, if, if you're caught with a Bible, it means you're killed. And so they will go into hiding and they would have a flashlight because they understood something that the word of God is what I need to read. And it's the word of God that's going to bring transformation. Someone say transformation. We've got to read the Bible, not just read the stories, not just read it to say I finished it. I'm talking about let the Bible read you. So when we acknowledge God, the second thing we do is we read the Bible. Why? Because the Bible says this. It says this. It says that the word of God will bring conviction. It'll bring correction. It, 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 it'll bring courage. It'll bring all the things that we need to dominate our day. So for Megan and myself, if, if, if we're having a, a challenging situation, right, and we can't come to agreement, we got to go to the word of God. So here's how it works. We first acknowledge God. Father, we welcome your presence in this place. You're in control. I'm not. Now we open up the scripture and we read the Bible and we let the Bible read us. Does that make sense? Let the Bible read us. Right? And so the Bible says that we are living epistles. And so the word of God is inside of us. And so there are many who are trying to critique the Bible. There are many who are disproving the Bible. There's many who's taken out from the Bible. There's many who's putting it in the Bible. Listen, I just want the word of God pure and simple. The word of the living God. The word of God will bring transformation to our life. Someone say, I need the word of God. I don't need the word of men. I need the word of God. But because we don't know the word of God, we can't acknowledge God. And because we can't acknowledge God, we're prescribing things that are happening and God's not there whatsoever. And so it's important that if we want to dominate our day, that we read the Bible so the Bible can read us. The third thing is this. We must commit our works. Commit your works. This is what I call when I look at your calendar. Does your calendar reflect that you've been reading the word, and that you've been acknowledging God. So at the end of 2017, you should be able to, to give your calendar to somebody, and they can say, wow, what a committed life. You've committed your life to the things of God. That I see that your calendar was we first acknowledge God. God, what do you want me to accomplish today? And you read the word of God, and you've got the courage and the conviction you need, and so you've read the Bible, and now you commit your works, as Proverbs says. Commit your works. It didn't say commit your job. It said, commit your works. Because a job, and I like this acronym, a job simply means just over broke. And when you look at things as just as a job, you miss the work that God has for you and the work that God is doing. Because when you do the work of God, you break poverty. Come on. 
You break a spirit of poverty. And because God's in control, when God tells you to do something, you know I acknowledge God. I acknowledge his voice. Why? The word of God confirms it. Now I'm committing my works to the things of God. So whatever position you have at your job, no, I'm positioned here because of my work, the things I have to do. So my coworkers see that I'm walking the things of God. Why? Because you might be the only Bible that they know. You might be the only individual that they build a relationship with. They can trust you to tell them about the word of God. Am I making sense this morning? I know I purchased things good because, because I told Megan, I said, honey, I went ahead and I made an investment and got this calendar. And I said, honey, at the end of the year, I'm going to give this to you and I want you to be able to look. Because, see, God put a book inside of me and it has to come out. People have to read this book. And so I've got to look at my life and I say, God, you control my calendar. You control the things I do. So in other words, my steps are ordered by the Lord. It's ordered by the Lord. The things that I do. Right? And so, so I commit my works. Not my job. I was teaching an inspired Mary. And I told him, I said, listen. Listen. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. With every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so we're calling our study on Wednesday. Lifestyle of the rich and faithful. Because we have to destroy this poverty mindset. Because God will speak to you to do something, and all of a sudden you look at your checkbook instead of checking. Come on. And your checkbook doesn't line up with what God just said, so we have to now battle between the checkbook and your conviction. And so we now lead to the will of man. Well, it must not be God's will. And in reality, we're just afraid. And so we create a gap. And so what we have to understand then is this. We have to look and say, God, I'm committed to you. And you are my provider. Someone say he's my provider. You got to trust him with your promises. All this week. Can I just share with you what God's dealing with me all this week? See, when, when, when we invite Jesus Christ into our life, it wasn't just some cute things because you're getting rid of the guilt. I, I already tried that. When I was 15 years old, I would be at a church service, and they would say, come to Jesus. And the message was just, you know, powerful. And I would come to the altar. I said, Jesus, uh, come into my heart. And, and, and I would get up, and I'd go to high school, and some sweet honey would walk by, and I'd say, okay, next week, Lord. Next week, Lord. Because this, this, this honey is... It's sweet. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so next week, Lord. So I come next week again, and, and I would do the same thing over and over again. But, but on August 16, 1988, when the Lord got a hold of my heart, he says, Rowan, I'm not just coming in to interfere in your life. And that's why a lot of people don't want Jesus, because Jesus is going to come, and he's not just going to interfere in your life. And he's not just going to interrupt your life. He's going to disrupt your life. He's going to change the way you look at everything. He's going to change your thinking. He's going to change the way you talk. He's going to change the way you live. He's going to change the way you view things. He has come to disrupt the systems that you've been listening to that's been holding you in bondage. I don't care if you're a multimillionaire, you can still have poverty thinking. It's not about the money. It's about the mindset. I'll prove it biblically. Jesus now. I mean, this cool, calm, collected Jesus that we like to teach about. This passive Jesus that loves everybody. And he does. In John chapter 2, he's at a wedding. 
And uh, he goes to the wedding and they ran out of wine. Now, how they would do it is that they would give the best wine, get everybody drunk. We're going to get to my Ephesians chapter about filling the gap. They would get them drunk and they bring the cheap stuff in. So after being drunk, they couldn't recognize the good stuff from the bad. Oh, come on. Jesus was there this time, though. Because they've done this in the past and they got away with it. But Jesus was invited to this wedding. And when you invite Jesus into your life, he's going to disrupt your systems. He's going to disrupt the way you do things. He's going to put things back in order. Come on, somebody. You know before you accepted Jesus Christ, your life was chaotic. But when Jesus came into your life, he brought order into your life. Huh? He revealed to you things you were doing that weren't healthy. And so here he is now at this wedding. And so he says, woman, what am I to do with you? He wasn't disrespecting his mother. He was saying, it's not my time yet to show forth who I am. But she left. So we have the will of God. It's not my time yet. And here we now have the will of man. They ran out of wine. And so maybe Mary was part of the whole process, his mother, and there was an embarrassment. But here was the word. The word showed up. And we need assistance. And so here comes Jesus now, and he says, woman, it's not my time yet. And then she goes back and says, whatever he says to do, just do it. (laughs) Ignores what he just said, it wasn't my time yet. He says, whatever he says to do, just do it. So she brought a level of faith that was able to pull from the word, my God, to accelerate the timing, oh my God, in your life. She was able to fill the gap by her faith. I have a need, and the word of God is right here to meet my need. Why am I going to wait? Come on. Why are you waiting? The word of God is right. It's not in your mouth. Speak the word of God and watch God perform on your behalf. The promises of God are yes and amen. And here's why you can have confidence in the promise of God. He says, Jesus says, if I go, I'm going to send a comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be with you wherever you go. He's going to be with you. And on the day of Pentecost, it's not a movement that was birthed. Come on, somebody. It was God's promise coming to fulfillment. Because movements come and movements die. And so all of a sudden we call Christianity and we can claim it to be a movement and we lose the power. No, it's called the kingdom of God. What Mary did was invoke the kingdom's authority, my God, that accelerates and closes the gap. If you want to close the gap between your faith and fear, get the kingdom of God to operate. Because Jesus will disrupt the fear and the systems of this world. I'm preaching this thing good. I know I'm preaching this thing good. Praise God. I'm filling in the gap. Amen, somebody. And so here he is now. Because he committed his work to things of God. And so they they bring the six uh, pitchers and he comes and he pours in wine. He says, "Now, now bring it to the governor. And he brings it, and, and he takes it out. He says, ooh, what's going on here? Why have they saved the best for last? So what I'm here to tell you is that though we've had great moves of God, there is still, oh, come on. Do I got a church this morning? Though we have seen the miracles that's taken place, the blinded eyes open, the dead raised. He says, you have yet to see what I will do to a people who's willing to close the gap. If you commit your works to the Lord, he will do miracles in your midst. So this cool Jesus now who just saved the day. He saved the day. Come on. He just just saved the day. He 
He, see, Jesus will, will, will get you out of stuff. Come on, somebody. That, that sometimes we find ourselves in. I don't know about you, but there are many times he got me out of some stuff. Come on, somebody. Where the enemy tricked me and lied to me, and I believed the lie, and I was stuck. He got me out of some things. Mm, that's why I love him. He got me out of some things. How many can identify with that? He got you out of some things. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Come on. You were strung out on drugs. He got you out of it. You were messed up. He got you out of it. I love Jesus because he will get us out of things. Yes, he will. So the same Jesus now leaves the wedding and now he creates a whip. Mm, and one, in the same chapter, he's at a wedding uh, fulfilling everyone's thirst. And then he comes and he gets a whip and throws over table. Same Jesus. Same Jesus now, the one who, 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 who was there to help is the same one now that's making all hell break loose. Come on. And throwing over tables and they're seeing, oh, this is uncharacteristic of this Jesus. And in America, so you can't talk about that kind of Jesus. It's uncharacteristic to talk about a Jesus who has authority and is going to break up systems and ways of doing things. And so we don't want to invite him in lest he disrupt my plans. And so we just want to keep him over there for Sunday morning only. Come on, somebody. Because as long as I can get a little dab of him on Sunday morning, I'm cool for the rest of the week. But I'm here to tell you that when you encounter Jesus, he's come to disrupt the system that you've been living in because the systems are simply a symptom come on somebody and they're not what he wants you to have success is not about a system success is about the savior and he comes down and he says here is the deal oh i'm preaching this thing thank you holy ghost and he comes now and he says something's wrong here he takes the whip and he throws over the table and he says get those things out of here get them out of my house what are you doing with all that stuff and here was the reason why he did it they, the people who are selling the pigeons and the oxen and the money changers they weren't in the second dimension or the second area of the temple and the Lord knows they weren't in the third place the holies of holies there was a gap <laughs> and so because they didn't really want Jesus or want God. They just stayed in the outer courts. But what Jesus wants to do is to make sure we close the gap. And he wants nothing that's going to hinder you and I from proceeding to the holy place. Come on. Because it's in his presence, this fullness of joy. And, and out here, there's only works. It's, it's religious things. It's things we have conjured up in our own mind. It's things because we can't deal with our sin. And so we think when God calls us, he calls us by our shame. And so people now just elevate their shame. And because the world can help us with our shame, they say, let's just make it famous then. Come on, somebody. Well, let me teach that again because you missed that. You see, people are coming. They're saying, hey, just God's like, I'm calling you. And they think they're calling them by their shame. And so we label everything. You got to give it a label. Now the ABC, you just got to give it a label. And, and, and so we labeled everything. And so the society is saying, we don't know what to do with you. Uh, so we're going to label you. And to make you feel good, we're going to take your shame and we're going to make it famous. And we're going to put it in the media so you can identify with your shame and be cool with it. Because that's the system we operate under. We don't know what to do with you. But Jesus has a different plan. I'm here to break that system. 
I'm here to close that gap so you can get to know who you are in Christ, my God. And I will make sure nobody and nothing hinders that. Because when I come into your life, I come to cause disruption in your life. And that's why you can't time how long we praise God. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. Last week, it could have been 20 minutes, but this week, God says, I want an hour. Come on, somebody. Ah, and something may say all day, just lay on your face and worship and give me praise and glory. And I don't know about you, but there are times in my home when I say, come on, family. I sense the presence of God right now. I know, I know I'm disrupting your plans, Danny and Lizzie, but I don't care. I got to fill in the gap. That means trying to find some way into my home. Come on, somebody. And so last week I said, let's get the communion. We're going to have communion as a family. Uh, we don't have any juice. I'm going to find something. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get some bread and some water or something. Because I, God is telling me you got to have communion. Close the gap. So I got me some Capri Sun. Come on, somebody. And I just... I put it in a medicine cabinet. It wasn't pretty, but it was divine. Come on, somebody. I got me a medicine cup, and I just got that Capri Sun. It's spilling everywhere. And I brought on a plate, and I got the bread. Come on. And I said, we're having communion because the Holy Ghost told me to have communion with my family. Why? Because I'm closing the gap. Someone say, close the gap. Ah, that devil's in trouble now. Come on, somebody. Because you're getting closer to your promise. Every time you live by faith, you're getting closer to your promise. And every time you believe God, you're getting closer to your promise. Every time I acknowledge God, I'm getting closer to my promise. Some of you can almost taste your promise right now. Come on, lick your lips, baby, because you're about to taste the promise of God. And he said his promises are good. Yes, they are. I know I keep repeating myself, but this is building my faith. It may not be your testimony, but it's mine. 16 years ago, on a Greyhound bus from Toronto, Ontario, I said, yes. Come on. Uh-huh. Came to Marion, Ohio, 16 years ago. And the individual took me out every night when I was preaching and fed me food. Praise God for him. Last week, his daughter was here. And I prayed over her 16 years ago. And watch God close the gap. This is for somebody here. The Lord spoke and I said, I have no prophetic word for you. Except one word, get your passport. And she was like, oh. I said, because now it's taken to the nations. So here's the daughter of an individual 16 years ago who closed the gap. Come on, somebody. And the Lord said, Rowan, I want you to pay for the passport. So she will know that whatever she needs, it's paid for. She's like, whoa. And all week as I'm thinking about God says, the reason why you're doing this is because her father's fate 16 years ago. When you got, you got, you got, you got to see God closing the gap, baby. Come on. Don't think what you're doing today is not purposeful. Don't think what you're doing today is not purposeful. Don't think being here this morning is a waste of your time. You are setting things up to close the gap for your grandchildren, for your children's children, for your children's children. What you're doing now is you're setting yourself up for God to move in your life. Someone say, move, God, move. Oh, come on, say it like you're convinced. Move, God, move. Come on, move, God, move. I'm getting closer to my promise. Move, God, move. Just like in Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of God moved. My goodness. Commit your works to the Lord. 
and your plans will succeed. That's a promise from God. So right now, right now, there's no one who's unemployed in the kingdom of God. Change your language. You are not unemployed. You are employed for the work of the kingdom. And because you said yes to where you are right now, God is going to bless you and provide everything you need. I'm prophesying to somebody. It's not a waste of time. You walk into that place, you say, God, I acknowledge your presence right here. This culture cannot corrupt because I'm here and I'm pushing back the darkness and I'm filling in the gap. Come on, somebody. So the enemy has no authority in this place. Right here where I work in my house, you got to walk up into your house. I know it might sound crazy, but you got to walk up into your house and say, God, this house belongs to you as for me and my house we will serve the Lord watch God provide for you watch God provide for you commit your works D daily discipline and decision making take up your cross daily and follow him daily discipline and decision Daily. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm not worrying about tomorrow. God, you got that in your hands. And I'm not worrying about yesterday because I'll live in guilt and regret. Daily decisions and daily discipline. Paul talks to Corinthians and he mentions in Corinthians about uh, when he was talking to him about uh, running this race. There was two events. There was one was Olympic and there was other event that they did in, in, in Corinth. And Paul is looking at him, giving the illustration. He says, nobody disciplines, no one enters this, this race or to compete without expecting to win. Like they're going to have an expectation to win. And they discipline their body. They make the decisions. They do. An athlete for the Olympics disciplines for four years to run a race like we over in eight, nine, ten seconds. Four years of disciplining themselves to come and to enter and they all expect to win. And Paul says, all of them run, but only one can win. He then changed it over and he says, now listen, if you daily discipline yourself and you make daily decisions, you are going to win. Because the Lord's going to give you a crown of righteousness, the reward that's there. So your daily decision to say no to the enemy, to say no to temptation, to say no, there's a reward there. Oh. See, I was reading this article about this, this one guy wrote and he says, I think it was 11 reasons why uh, religion is destroying humanity. Eleven reasons why, why religion is destroying humanity. And I'm like, D -d -d religion destroying humanity. He said, one of the things, because, because all religion, they teach this reward concept. That if you do something, you get a reward. And so the only reason why we're moving, the only reason why we're doing what we're doing is because we want this reward. And you are watching. There's this, this a reward that's there. And I, I read that, I'm like, what? He says, yeah. And that's just destroying Humanity. So get rid of all religions. We, we don't need any of that. I said, okay. Okay. I'm listening to him. And then I said, but the Bible says, um, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he's promising a reward if I diligently seek him. Now, it, it's, it's, it's not to die and to be with a bunch of virtues. Oh, I can't say that because I'm making trouble. You know, it's not the religions that, that, that promise these other stuff, right? It's a reward to be with him.
it's, it's, I want to be with him. Because every other religion can't close the gap. Oh, God. It's only the gospel of Jesus Christ that talked about, I can close the gap. Every other one, you can work all you want to, you can work all you want to, you can do all the work, you can do all the work, you can do all the work, but you're never going to close that gap because when you think you get close, it moves away. And you think it, and it moves away, and you think, and it moves away, and it moves, and it keeps moving, it keeps moving, it keeps moving away because the systems of this world will never bring, bring you the fulfillment that you need. So when God is talking about us having our daily discipline, it is not trying to say, okay, God, if I do this, I'm going to get your attention. God says, you have my attention. So go do that. And see, and that's what we have to tell people. See, and we're talking about that on Wednesday. And we said, no, no, no. See, oh, man, let me give this illustration. I think I did it before and people were here, but it's a really powerful illustration. Uh, Ryan, I need you to come here real quick, real quick. Okay? So, so, so God now, right, creates man. And so, okay, we have this relationship. There's no gap. So your will is my will. My will is your will. There's this great gap that takes place. The enemy comes in now and he causes separation. He says, well, you would be like God, knowing good and evil. He now says, okay. And so all of a sudden now, because of disobedience, he eats the fruit, and there's a separation now. Separation between God and man, and a separation between man and woman. So there's this huge divide that's taking place now. And the first thing they do is they try to work things out and try to make this fig leaf and cover themselves. And now God shows up because God says, I'm going to close the gap. So God shows them out and says, hey, Adam, where are you? He says, well, I heard your voice, and I continue to separate from you. The system that I have now is I've made fig leaves, and I covered myself because I was naked. So now there's a separation, and I hid from you because I didn't want you to see my shame. Okay. So God now says, well, who told you you were naked and everything? So here's a separation now, right? And so the enemy says, now, I have legal rights to everything for man. I have legal rights because of what they did. So God says, okay. So we have the will of man, and we have the will of God, and there's a divide. And the enemy says, how are you going to fill in the gap, God? He says, okay. Because you told man to dominate the earth, and you can't come in without a body. So, because God, you're a spirit, how are you going to access the earth realm without a body? So, forever, the will of man and the will of God will be at hostile to each other. And so it's in Genesis 6 now. They're trying to find a way to God. And so, so they, the evil and everything's going, God says, man, I'm, I'm going I'm to destroy man because there's such a separation. But he found grace in the eyes of Noah. Give me a little Bible history of Genesis. And after that, they came out of the flood. He said, okay, now I want you this. And they try to make a tower. They're trying everything they can to try to get to God. But there's a divide, right? There's a divide. So all of a sudden now, this divide, right, causes now conflicts. Because people are saying, what am I responsible for, and what is God responsible for? So we have human responsibility, and we have the sovereignty of God. And so when it comes to salvation, there's a conflict and controversy. And so every teaching, if you slap it right in here because there's a gap, the end result is not this is a conflict, not this is a controversy. Listen to me. There's confusion. And so we take that now. Now watch this now. Jesus, help me to do this. I need, I need the boldness of the Holy Ghost right now. So, Holy Spirit, give me the boldness of what I'm about to say right now. Okay. 
the only example I can use is, let's look at the recent elections, right? Okay. So in the election, we now say, okay, so the result wasn't because of the will of man and people voted, or was it because of the sovereignty of God and God chose? So some said, well, God's going to choose anyways. I'm not going to vote. Some said, well, if I don't vote, God's not going to. So we're confused. And so the divide now has caused this. But it wasn't the election. It was because we're separate. Oh, God, have mercy. And the enemy wants you to think, and let me give you the outside stuff to create more division and separation here. I'm preaching this thing really good. Really, really good. Right? And so because of that now, we don't understand the legal authority, and we don't understand the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God now that God wants to bring in to close this gap. So here's what happens now. So God now says, come on, the will of God and the will of man is seen in Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's not his last name wasn't Christ. Come on. So Christ is the word, hallelujah, that became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus and he was able to be on the earth. And why? When he operated in miracles, he was able to turn the water into wine. He was able to do everything. Why? Because he closed the gap. Whatever my father is saying, I'm going to tell you. So the will of man and the will of God oh, came together. And so now he says it's called the church. And so when you come into the body of Christ, you come into the church. And our assignment is to dominate the day and close the gap. So there's no division among us. Because we've closed the gap. So people are confused now when they come to us and say, oh my goodness, how come there's no gap? No, because the will of man and the will of God is found in Jesus Christ. And so we go to Jesus Christ, we acknowledge God, we go to Jesus Christ, and we look at him, and he is the answer. I'm not giving you just a religious cliche. I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ is the answer. I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ is the answer. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news for America. It is good news for the nations. It is good news for the world. It is good news for you and I. Let him disrupt your life right now. Welcoming into the gap. Because what we are doing is not working. It's not working. And what we do then is we create formulas then to still have church because we have to have some sort of religious exercise. And the gap still exists. Can I teach this thing? So watch this now. So here's what God did. So he now says, because of separation, we're in the marketplace called the Agora. And the marketplace is where the enemy had you bound and tied up and doing his will. And controlling everything you did. And control the systems and the mindset and everything like that. And he's controlling everything in the Agora. And so here is God now. And saying the first word for redemption is this. Jesus now comes into the Agora. He doesn't save you over here with the, with the gulf still in between or the gap. He closes the gap right in front of the enemy. So when he was operating the kingdom, the demon would say, ah, what? I know who you are. You, you, you are the... They got confused. How in the world can God come down and close the gap? And they were saying, oh my gosh, how is this fun? Jesus says, be quiet. Shut your mouth. Because I represent another authority up in this place. 
And I'm right here in Jesus' name. Because I'm committed to close the gap. And he gets it now. And see, it's one thing for Jesus to be in the marketplace with you. That's cool. He's with you. We love him. We want a relationship with Jesus. He's in the marketplace, but he's not going to stay in the marketplace. That's a place of sin. Place of chaos. Place of confusion. So before he can leave, the enemy says, but you've got to pay a price. You can't just take him like that. You, you, you can't just pull him away from me. You've got to pay a price. Redemption. So Jesus says, how much is it going to cost? He says, seriously? Yeah, how much is it going to cost? It's going to cost you a life. Okay, I'll pay in full. And he hung on the cross like this. And he closed the gap. Come on. Because he gets into the garden and he says, Father, I, I don't want to go, but watch this now. But not my will, oh, come on, but not my will, but thy will be done. And he sets an example for us of how to close the gap. And he now says, not my will, but thy will. Someone said, not my will, but thy will be done. And his face is drops of blood as Luke writes about it. And he says, okay, I'll pay the price. And he pays the price. And the enemy now lets loose. He says, ooh, I see the blood. He lets loose. And so the enemy now, his power, the, 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 the penalty, the, the, it's severed. And the enemy has no more hold on you. But he's right here. And it's like an elephant. If you tie a string around its, its hoof, and you just have the string, and every time it goes, and every time it comes back, and you remove the string, the elephant will still think it's bound. And will never be able to close the gap and go into freedom and the increase and the provision and all that God has them. They'll stay right here. They are free, but they're not delivered. And so they'll continue to do their religious exercise and back and forth, back and forth, and says, no. And so here's the thing now. Jesus comes now and says, I can't keep you here. He takes him out now and says, we have to close the gap. And he moves him over here, and he's with him. But all of a sudden, there's a stop, and then he gets pulled back again, right back to where he was, and Jesus is here. And he's pulled back. He goes right back, goes right back to where he was. Jesus is like, why, why is there a gap again? Because what happened is this. When I came into the Agora, the marketplace, I freed you. But in your mind, you still think when you leave the Agora, that sin, it's still in you. So the enemy now whispers failure, and you go right back again. Loser, go right back again to the gap. You're going to commit your works to God? It's not going to work. You go out here, he pulls you right back in again. And we live this vicious cycle. We never dominate our day. We have some tokens of success. But we never live in the totality of what God wants for us. I'm teaching this thing. Because it's going to free some of you all. Right? Because it's freeing me. And so what Jesus had to do now, here is where we have to close the gap. And this is what he does. He says, I put my spirit in you. So now when you go and walk with me, I have cut the string and I took sin out of you. The very nature, God, that caused you to go back to the Agora, I took it out of you. That was the will of God. But because the will of man, he looks back and doesn't believe it. That can't be 
the case. You don't know what I've been through, Rowan. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what's been done to me. There is no way he has the power to close the gap. So I'll just be over there from a distance. Hey, God. And he said, no, I've called you to dominate your day. I call you to dominate your day. Here's the promise of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Read the last part, verse 21. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, there's a break because then it goes to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. And then we go on. Then there's a break, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And you have to remove those breaks because when the Bible was first written, there was no chapters, no verse. And what happens is we look at the promise of God and we think he's talking about something to come when he's talking about something that's already happened. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I believe verse 21, he says, he who knew no sin became sin for you. He closed the gap. Oh, God have mercy. He who knew no sin became sin for you. Stay with me on this one. This is powerful. And he says, I closed the gap. And now the apostle Paul now goes and gives the hard teaching of what it's like when Jesus disrupts your life. He says, have no fellowship, have no agreement with the systems of this world anymore. Because you are the temple of the living God. The spirit dwells inside of you. Don't come into agreement with anything that's not from God. Don't do it. The power of agreement is huge. When Megan and I come in agreement, come on, things are produced. Things are given birth to. And so the Apostle Paul says, because Jesus came and he closed the gap between the will of man and the will of God, he now says, he says, have no agreement anymore with the systems of this world. Oh, follow me, follow me on this one. Don't have any more agreement with the system of this world. And he says, come out from amongst them and be separate. Oh, God. He says, come out from and be separate and touch on the unclean things. And he goes on. The hard teaching of the scriptures. Because you can't talk about sin anymore. Right? But Paul said, come out from amongst them. And here is the promise of God. So two things. The promise of the Spirit. And here's the second thing that, will, that you can hold on to this until you die and go to heaven. The promise of God. And here's what he says. He's, he says, if you separate in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, I will walk with you. So let's walk. He says, I'll walk with you. He says, you'll be, I'll be your God. You'll be my people. I'll be a father to you. And you'll be my sons and daughters. Oh, God. Because I've cut the string. I've cut the very thing that is holding you from walking and closing the gap. I've cut it. And so that's why your daily discipline is to remind yourself as you're walking every day, God, I acknowledge you. I thank you for your word. I commit my works. And now today, I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to thank you for your word. I'm going to commit my work. Daily, you are doing that. Why? Because the enemy is pounding you with voices. The enemy is pounding you with lies. The enemy is pounding you with things that are not true. And you've got to speak to yourself the things of God. Is that making sense? Daily discipline is what's needed. Thank you, Ryan. The last couple, and I'll be done with this. You have to expect now, that's E, expect good success. Expect good success. God wants you to be successful. I'm not teaching that you're not going to have problems. 
I'm not teaching that you're not going to have challenges. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But don't allow the problems to become bigger than the promise. Close the gap. Don't let it become bigger than God. Right? The things you're believing God for. He promised, Brandy, I'll walk with you. What? So back in the garden, when he came in the cool of the breeze, when he would walk with them, God is restoring the very thing he started from the beginning. God is committed to you and I. And he says, I will walk with you. So when you leave this place, you don't leave God's presence. He walks with you, Karen. He walks with you. He's walking with you. He says, what's up? Let's have fellowship one with another. What do you need? What do you want? I can supply all your needs. Take the limits off of God. Take the limits off. He's walking with you. So expect good success. And I'm not saying it's because be a positive person. I'm telling you right now, I expect, when I wake up in the morning time, I say, God, I thank you that your favor is on my life. I thank you for the blessings that you have for me. I'm going to thank you because when I didn't have anything, I thanked you. And now that you gave me some things, I'm going to thank you because there's more things I want. We got to take the limits off. Limits off. Expect good success. F, focus on growth. Focus on growth. Focus on growth. And then finally, G is give God glory. Give God glory. In Romans 4, um, I believe it's 4 verse, uh, I think 10 maybe. But he's talking about Abraham. We're going we're gonna to end with this. So here's Abraham now. And one of the things that was challenging Abraham was time. He was advanced in age, and God brings a promise that could not happen biologically. Look at God. Messed him up just from the first introduction. Hey, Abraham, I'm going to give you a child. Um, kind of old, God. Uh, and my wife is, is old as well. Look at God. God, don't you know that they're old? And God walks in, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to separate you. I'm going to separate you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a son. And he goes, okay, God. And here it was now. Abraham's waiting on this promise that God told him. And he's doing all this stuff. And the Bible says that he didn't waver or stagger in unbelief. Mm. But he was strengthened. And I'm going to prophesy this over you because we're finished. That you will be strengthened in your faith to close the gap. You who hear on the sound of my voice, God is calling you to close the gap. To bring the will of God into the earth realm. Receive that right now in Jesus' name. If he's given you a promise, it is to close the gap. So you can dominate your day. And here it was now that it says Abraham strengthened himself in faith by giving glory to God. So what he said was, I know that there's a time gap, but I'm going to close the gap by giving God glory. And that's what we're going to do right now, that you are going to close the gap just like Mary, thank you, Holy Ghost. When Jesus showed up at the wedding, and here it was, and I says, woman, it's not my time. She says, whatever he says, just do it. 
And I'm going to prophesy over to you right now, whatever God is telling you to do right now, this is the moment of the spirit of obedience. Oh, my God, that whatever God is telling you right now, you need to do it and close the gap. I'm saying that again. It's now the time for the children of obedience to obey the father and close the gap. Who am I preaching this to this morning? My God. Here it was. That there was a need in the earth. And nobody else knew how to close the gap. But Mary says, Jesus, we need you. Change the system that was bringing lack and bring the system of abundance into this realm now. Open up your mouth and give God praise and glory. Come on. Come on. We're, we're, we're closing, but watch this now. Open up your mouth and close that gap. Open up your mouth. What the devil wants you is to open your mouth and keep it open. That's what the enemy wants to do. Oh God, what are we going to do now? He says, no, open up your mouth and give God glory. I'm here to tell you now in Jesus' name, there is someone here this morning that the spirit of obedience is on your life. And if you're obedient and willing, you will eat the fat of the land, saith God in Isaiah. Open up your mouth and give God thanks and praise and close the gap. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. My God, Jesus, you're good. Jesus, you're good. Oh, God, you sent us to Marion to close the gap. There were intercessors praying over 16 years ago. My God, in this church, there was prophetic words given. Teresa knows them. Uh, people know who's been here, that there were prophetic promises that God was given. But don't be discouraged. Don't give up because God is calling us to close the gap. Whatever he, has, he says to do, just do it. It's more than a slogan. It's scripture. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. It's 1201. I'm trying to finish by 12. I tell Megan, I'm like, man, I can't. I, I just love this thing. Uh-huh. Come on. He's going to break systems of withholding. He's here to break systems. You've been putting limitations on God. He's here to break it. He's here to break it. There were 5,000 people who came to hear the word of God. And there was a gap. This is how we're going to feed these people. And Jesus knew what he was going to do. But he says to Philip, what do we have to feed them? And he said, Philip, I need for you to close the My God, I'm feeling this thing right now. There's 5,000 people. Come on, believe God, believe God. 5,000 people hearing the word of the living God. And all of a sudden now, he says, what are we going to do to feed him? He says, all I have is this child's lunch. I got the first happy meal in Bible. Come on, somebody. The first happy meal. I got f- five loaves and two fish. Give those to me. And he took those things. He looked up to heaven. He gave God thanks. He closed the gap. He says, now, someone say, now, Now. distribute to the people. Oh, God, close the gap, close the hunger. Good God Almighty, feed the people. And everybody ate. Everybody got their need filled. He filled in the gap. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for this message, my God. You have the resources that people need. They're going hungry. They need the word of God. So in obedience, bring it to Jesus. Bring the little you have and give it to Jesus. And he will close the gap. 
Father, in Jesus' name, you brought this word today. With every head bowed, every eyes closed. It's time to make a bold statement. He's, he just is here to disrupt your system and the way of thinking. If that's you and you're saying, Pastor Rowan, the way I parent, my marriage, my work, whatever it is, whatever I'm doing, I want to do it the way you have designed for me to do it, God. I'm telling you right now. I'm not going to collect an offer, but I'm telling you right now. This week, when I told babe, I said, honey, we're going to come in agreement because God wants us to make this investment. There is, there is this, God's spirit is moving right now, and it's, and it's time for obedience. Oh, my God, it's, it's, I will be obedient. Put your, if, if you're here and you say, Pastor Rowan, this is my time to be obedient. I, I, I want to fill in the gap. I want to fill in the gap. I want you to raise your hands. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to release you a bit to, to leave this place. I know you've got things to do. There it is. There it is. There's the hands. There's the hands. Here's the hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. That's it. With your hand raised, be filled with the Spirit. That's it. Be filled with the Spirit. That's it. Receive it now. Be filled with the Spirit. He's walking with you. He's got you. Whatever you need. There it is. And what he's telling you now, here's what he's telling you. He said, you're seeing the miraculous take place now. You're seeing the multiplication of the miraculous. Now gather the left. Gather the fragments that are left over so nothing is lost. That's it. Jesus multiplied the meal, but the disciples were the ones who distributed it. And you are a distribution system for the kingdom of God. And that's why you are not unemployed. You are employed to do the work of the Lord, of feeding people the word of the living God. And your assignment this week is to tell people, I'm here to fill in the gap. No more will you walk in confusion. With my hands raised, Father, that's what I'm saying. No more will you walk in confusion. God bless your people. Thank you for being good to them. Thank you for being amazing to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you desire prayer, I want you to come. I want to greet you. If you want prayer, come and, and we'll pray with you. Amen. But, but God bless you. God keep you. God cause face to shine upon you. We'll see you next week. We'll see you on Wednesday if possible. But 